This week on WWTQ. What? Where? Why? Who? Why? Whoever would think that we are smart enough to answer this question? <laughs> yeah, you're half right. I'm. I'm sure <laughs> that sense of humor will still be prevalent when they're fucking lighting your ass up for fucking three hundred <laughs> yards. Giant shits. <laughs> I mean, if you spray mint on a poo, it just smells like minty poo. (laughs) And shrimp are kind of cute. Do you have burning questions about Uranus? Do you have questions about what happens when you eat stuff? Well, then bring them to what was the question? At r slash what was the question on Reddit. And WWTQ podcast. On Facebook. For country and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) What was the question? 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 What was the Bring the excitement. <laughs> I tried. It's go time, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yep, we've got questions from the internet. And an answer. And an answer. First off, why is 18 the maximum amount of electrons an atomic shell can hold? I don't fucking know. Next. What? Where and wait, wait, how? Wait, 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 wait. You specifically wanted to keep this one in. Yeah. It's For from- that bit. <laughs> What? Where? Why? Who? Why? Whoever would think that we are smart enough to answer this question? You did. Apparently, you picked it. No, I picked it so I could say I don't fucking know <laughs> and move on. From a science subreddit, yeah, specifically marked chemistry. I mean, I could read the answer. Yeah, there's a huge answer there, but I don't get it. Whatever. Moving You're on. You're ruining the bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's why why is 18 the maximum amount of electrons an atomic shell can hold? I don't know, but that probably speaks to why 18 is the age of consent in a lot of places. Interpret that how you will, folks. Exactly. Where and how do people find out about drug dealers? Uh, you don't find a drug dealer. The drug dealer finds you. That would be scary. Yeah. No, I mean, it happens more more often than you think. Like... And it's not even the dealer dealer, like the person who actually handles distribution or anything, but some sort of subcontractor to the dealer who just gets a whole lot of product and is tasked with going out and moving it. Mm-hmm. And typically, even then, they'll contract that out to somebody who will hook people by giving out free samples. Listen, when you're trying to sell drugs, there's a certain amount of uh, chutzpah you need. Some, some cones. You need some balls. Because you do need somebody to go out there and be like, I'm selling drugs! <laughs> I mean, that's how I found a lot of them. Like, sometimes, you know, you'd just be fucking out and about. And fucking somebody would come out and just be like, What you need? I got it. I got what you need. Be like, You you have a shoulder to cry on? <laughs> yeah, why, why does it sound like you're really doing a bad job of hitting on me? <laughs> you have a PhD in psychology? Maz... <laughs> You friends, typically. Yeah. Sometimes your friends become the drug dealers, which happened in my case. Sometimes you become the drug dealer. Hasn't happened to me. You got to support the habit somehow. I was riding the public bus years ago with my my first girlfriend. And this guy just strikes up a conversation with her. And I'm completely clueless. Like, I've never even been in public before, you could probably say. At that point, yeah. Yeah, at that point. And as part of the conversation, he just says, here, take this, and hands her a little tiny, like, bag of meth. And she goes, oh, thank you, and just takes it and put it, puts it in her purse. And I'm mm-hmm. like, and so after we get off the bus, I'm like, do we need to, like, go report that to the cops or something? Wow. Yeah. Like, completely clueless. And she's like, no, no, it just happens. You know, you take the drugs so that nobody else gets them and then flush them down the toilet. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know what she did. She did it. She did it, probably. Or gave it to a friend who who wanted some or something like that. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I would have done it. I have this real bad habit of being like, oh, man, my head hurts. Or, or 
oh, I got this weird pain in my leg. And people go, here, take this. And I go, okay, thanks, pop. What was that? <laughs> like, <laughs> but it's led to a lot of real interesting experiences. I could tell you that much. Yeah. Most, most recently I had a, a headache for like five days. And it was, it wasn't like a migraine. I mean, I guess that's classified as a migraine, but it was like just an ongoing tension headache, according to my doctor. And just a low level ache or was it? Yeah, it was like, uh, it was like somebody was hitting me with a tack hammer in the side of my head. Not a really big hammer. But yeah. And not like swinging it at me, but just kind of like bink, 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 oh, bink, bink. Yeah, that would be awful. It was annoying. Like it didn't, it, it wasn't causing me to like have to, it wasn't interfering with my ability to do my job. So anyways, I'm at work and the lady that sits next to me, she's like, are you okay? And I tell her, I've had this headache for like five days. And she's like, do you want some like a leave? And I'm like, I've been taking stuff for it. Nothing's helping. And she's like, well, here, try this and puts this blue pill in my hand. And I'm like, cool, pop. What's that? My all. And she was like, oh, I don't know what it is. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, how are you going to give me a pill? You don't know what the fuck it is. And she was like, how are you going to take a pill? You don't know what it is. And I was like, like this, pop. <laughs> and probably about an hour later, I was like, woo. Like, <laughs> I, like my face was getting numb and fucking everything was wonderful. And like an hour later, it was all gone. And I was like, the fuck? <laughs> so, yeah. Was the headache gone too? No, the headache came back. <laughs> But for like an hour, you had some sweet, sweet relief. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a grand hour. <laughs> and the next day I went to a doctor and he gave me a pretty hardcore shot in my uh, hip. Yeah. And then uh, a prescription for 500 milligram elite naproxen. Yeah. So. And that seemed to do the trick? Oh, yeah. No, that, that knocked it all out pretty good. Awesome. Awesome. So, yeah, that's how you find drug dealers. If there are actually aliens in Area 51, don't we deserve to know about it? No. Yeah. The, I, the thing about it is, like, the Area 51 Roswell crash, that whole conspiracy thing happened so long ago now that I'm of a mind that any kind of technology or agreement the aliens could have brought is already well underway such as the conspiracy goes, that the aliens are, are ruling the human populace from the shadows, yada yada, because they brought superior technology with them. But, I mean, this was a UFO crash, quote-unquote, in Roswell in, like, the 50s. Right. It's been 60 years. I thought we'd been reverse engineering all of our... All of our tech from, from their that, stuff. Yeah. That's another possibility, is that the aliens just didn't survive. And we just have this huge amount of tech. Because, I mean, by the 50s, you got to think, like, we had a rudimentary knowledge of electronics and um, reusable parts, mm -hmm. right? Or disposable parts. Disposable parts. So we had a rudimentary knowledge of it. But since then, we've exploded technologically-wise. Yeah. Technologically-wise. Yeah. You know how they, they keep on saying an, an, uh, an era in history is known as the Industrial Revolution? Where uh, some historians are saying we're in the middle of what is now known as the technological rev revolution. Yeah. The electronic revolution. Or they're trying to find a name for it. Well, historians suck at coming up with names. They're going to so, have to have a name for it before the automation <laughs> revolution comes in. Because we're steaming towards that pretty hard. Yeah. And I don't think it would be necessarily classified as the technological re revolution. That, yeah. I'm pretty sure, would be the 50s to whenever the first signs of automation began. 80s. No, 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 no. I mean, like, hardcore jobs are being replaced. 90s. Are you earlier? Where the robocalls started. Where robocalls started? Yeah, the ones that actually pretend to be human. Oh, that was, like, 2010. Yeah. Yeah. So, from the 50s to 2010, that's the technological revolution. And from 2010 until the next thing, it's the automation revolution. Okay. And we're all going to lose our jobs. And some of us are going to be living in filth. And some of us are going to be living in ivory towers. Uh, I mean, I, I can get behind that. I, I don't have any really solid argument against that, to tell you the truth, other than, you know, the, the most common cry of revolution is, they took our germs! So, 
now. And that's going to be starting. If humans don't have a place to work, they get a little salty. Just saying. For something that nobody wants to do, sure is important. <laughs> is it me? Um, or is this me? I'm, I'm not sure if we're done with the aliens one. I know you're trying to like speed through this, but don't let that thing fool you. You took 15 minutes out of there. No, I understand, <laughs> but I'm gauging it based off of how long we spent on it. Yeah. It's usually about two minutes per question. Just about well, 10 questions. It should be a 20-minute pon- podcast then. Right, but then there's a little bit of banter and back and forth. <laughs> okay, 30 minutes. I've got this down to a science, sir. We've been doing this for... Ever. Two years? Something like that, yeah. No, because we started in wintertime. So it'll be two years in like September, October. October. A couple months then. Yeah. yeah. So we're a couple months removed from two years. Mm-hmm. Riveting stuff. <laughs> Also, I'll say say this little secret. Unless you really dig through the archives, you're never going to find out about it. But when we first started doing this podcast, we were going to call it 20 Cigarettes. Mm-hmm. We have since both quit smoking. Yeah. <laughs> and I think one of the major catalysts was sitting down and actually smoking 20 cigarettes with you over the course of whatever, like the hour and a half it took us to record that first. Well, initial. and thank God that was in a giant apartment <laughs> room, not a little bedroom that we're in right now the the, the original spanctuary was about less smaller than this actually the original spanctuary but we were recording in the living room of my apartment no we we set up in the spanctuary and we're sitting on my old futon and i had my we had the mics in the zoom recorder and sat there and just talked about whatever for an hour and a half and smoked your entire pack of cigarettes and I felt like death after that. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> so do we deserve to know about it? Probably eventually. Do we deserve to know about it enough to try to storm Area 51? No. no. You're a fucking moron if you think you're going to do that. Not to mention, I will still maintain, Area 51 is just the clever scapegoat. It's It was a local and convenient spot that they could initially move the wreckage to of the weather balloon or whatever they say it is. And it's not there anymore. There's no secret research land, land thing or anything like that. It's a testing base for missiles. There's a Del Taco. Yeah. Cool. But for everybody out there who says they can't stop all of us, they can. They absolutely can. And for those of you who are still skeptical, go watch somebody solo Scarlet Monastery in World of Warcraft. <laughs> The, go- the government has weapons that can stop 30,000 people with no weapons. It's true. Or even 30,000 people like, yeah, some of you may have AR-15s or fucking handguns and shit. The military has fucking mach- like like fucking at a testing site. They probably got lasers. You no, know, they got a lot of really cool shit out there, but like, no aliens. They have like sonic waves that can make you explode from the inside like they're no they're you're they're gonna stop every single one of you the best thing i can point out is the that comes out of this whole this whole debacle is the military's getting into it so there is a photo from a military briefing where some poor air force man had to demonstrate a naruto run (laughs) it's a picture on the internet you can go find it and then the military responded back apparently there was a, a crew who uh, basically guard area 51 and that shows them posing as the Ginyu force from Dragon Ball Z. So I mean at least they have a sense of humor about it. Yeah. I'm I'm sure that sense of humor will still be prevalent when they're fucking lighting your ass up for fucking 300 yards. I don't know if you got it but I sent you a quote from the last from last week's show a clip that I sent around to my friends to sort of like farm out the show and it's that We're on Discord? Yeah, it's on Discord. I mean, I, t- I consider myself to be a pretty manly man. If I saw 300,000 fucking weebs running at me with their arms stretched out backwards, I'd be like, ah, oh, some shit's about to go down. Yeah, stands true today. <laughs> I mean, like, I would go, but I would be posted up, like, 500 yards away with binoculars, just like, oh, shit. 
I don't know. At this point, it's gaining so much traction and momentum that it's either going to fizzle before the time comes, which will be monumental as far as sociological science is concerned, or people are actually going to go. No, people yeah. are actually going to go. But yeah. here's where is it where the where the rub is, as it were, right? Because look at everything that and we touched on this, I'm sure, during that episode. Every the flat Earth society, right? That started as a joke. Started as a joke. Yeah. And it gained so much traction. There are actually fucking retards out there that believe that the earth is fucking flat. Yeah. Fucking anti-vaccines, right? That started as one little bit of misinformation by some TV doctor. And then Jenny McCarthy latched onto it. And it snowballed into the point where now there are measles outbreaks. This thing has what? By now, probably like 400,000 people signed on to it. Yeah. And a lot of them, granted, I'm sure are just like, ha, 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 yeah, let's go storm a military base, fucking idiots. Fucking, and even the post itself says that it's a joke. Like, it's it's put out there as just satire. Like, yeah. I just good. wanted internet points. There will be, I'm going to say, 10%. Of the people. 40,000 people. Will show up and try to do it. And go to Area 51 in Arizona. And there will be massive arrests. And probably. they'll probably be held in those fucking I mean, the thing immigration about camps. Any amount, any any number of thousands of people can watch up to walk up to that gate and go, let us in. And the only thing they're going to get is a no, go away. I believe there's actually signs posted at 200 yards away from the base itself that say there are snipers and they will shoot. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to call Urban Legend on that until I see an actual photo of the sign. Like, don't go looking it up now. We've got a podcast to record, motherfucker. Okay, but I'll find it. <laughs> I will find it. Okay. No, kitty lost its toy. Oh, no, he goes around the door. Oh, that fucking retard. Stupid cat. Fucking cat. Silly cat. Okay. Now are we done? Yes, we're done. Is it just me or is Daniel a very common name? Do people consider Daniel to be a basic name? You're basic. I know a Daniel who's a pretty basic bitch. <laughs> Fuck you. Ah. <laughs> yes, okay. So, I go by Faust, but my, my actual legal given name is Daniel. Mm -hmm. I don't like to admit to it, but there are still plenty of family who refer to me as that or other names based on Daniel. Mm -hmm. uh, it was It's... Uh, Kind of an offshoot of growing up around the time of Karate Kid and getting called Daniel-san all the time. And that turned in high school to Dan the Man. I don't know if that came from anywhere, though. It was just... Who called you Dan the Man? A couple people. They weren't very important. So, uh, I'm I sure there's somebody out there just, <laughs> oh, I remember this guy from high school. They weren't important. <laughs> oh. <laughs> in order to salve your conscience, let me, let me clarify. Nobody is important in high school. You know the most important kid in my graduating class in high school? Bobby Newcomb. And he blew out his knee for the Cornhuskers, didn't he? Yeah. Like he went, he was going to have a college sports career and probably a pro, pro sports career. Really great player. But yeah, got an injury and lost all the momentum on his career. Yeah. So that's just shit happens, man. It, shit definitely does happen. So if that guy, who is the only guy that I really remember the name of in high school, like, nobody in high school is important. If any, like, any high schoolers are listening to this show. <laughs> yeah, you're half right. Yeah? Like, maybe not, not important enough to commit to memory, like, their names, right? But you still, in your subconscious, have the faces and the reactions and the... The, you know, little things that may have happened that shaped you as a human being throughout high school. Like, I may not necessarily remember everyone's names from high school, but there were people that were genuinely, you know, important in life experiences. Being a podcast where I tell many stories about that time in my life, it was important. Yeah. So but those people were important, but I just don't know all their names. So, I actually did research on it. On? The name Daniel. And? Uh, before, when I, I mean, I was, I had taken on the Faust moniker and would just kind of was like, well, how cool is Daniel? I like Faust. I mean, Faust is the, the famous story. Guy makes a deal with the devil, ends up create, committing yada, a selfless yada, yada, act, yada, yada, yada. Gets, gets a pass into heaven. Go listen to opera, you fucking... <laughs> 
pagans. Um, so Daniel is a very common male gendered name. Uh, in Hebrew, uh, it's or originates in Hebrew, and it means uh, I think most things do. But go on. It means God is my judge. And uh, how fitting that you would then change your name (laughs) to Faust. (laughs) I know it's kind of a tangential thing. Uh, And as of 2018, it is the 15th most popular name. Uh, When I did research, it was the eighth most popular name. So it's dipping. But, you know, you will see plenty of Daniels out there. People taking some form of Daniel as a name. Yeah. I want to say I have many friends at one point when we were doing 76, we were going to be a team of Daniels. Yeah. And a Tom. (laughs) because <laughs> it was going to be you my friend danny danny cakes uh you know him as pickle uh there's gonna be a guy named z who's also named daniel oh yeah and then there's gonna be a dude daniel delara who turns out to be a giant fucking dick bag oh damn what are you gonna do damn it daniel damn daniel <laughs> they're doing all this construction on broadway i'm pretty sure we talked about it last episode too and it, because it's getting on my fucking nerves uh-huh. that it's taking so fucking long because it came out of nowhere. It's not like the city was like, hey, coming up, you know, from January 15th at fucking 9 p.m. We're going to tear up all of Broadway. Right. No, they didn't do that. And then they, they're they like, oh, it's a utility emergency. And I'm like, OK, utility emergency usually takes about three, four days for them to get it. No, this bitch has been going on for like two and a half months at this fucking point. And we were driving by and Tia was fucking going on about something. And I saw the, you know, I was listening. I was being attentive. I, I just don't happen to remember now what the conversation <laughs> was. I would have remembered about three days ago because this is about five, six days ago. Good cover. <clears throat> and we were going, I saw the fucking, because there were a couple of those concrete sewer tubes, right? Yeah. And I was like, okay, so they're getting towards the end of it because there's a, there's a couple of those concrete tubes. They're going to lower them down, connect them, whatever they need to do. And then we'll have our fucking road back. Well, that was like seven days ago. Then the very next day, I'm driving with Tia by the fucking thing. They have like 13 of those fucking bastards there. I was like, damn. Yeah. Fucking Tia started laughing. She, I was like, what? She was like, that was the most damn Daniel Dan I've ever fucking heard. And I was just like, huh. That almost quells my rage for the fucking road work. I, I can guarantee you, though, it hasn't come out just yet. It was probably a fat burg. Oh, probably. Yeah. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. The the thing about it is, like, our, our sewer, sewer, sewer system is ancient. Well, it, so they're going off about this thing, right? And that, this kind of comes into where, you know, fatbergs weren't really a thing in Albuquerque themselves, right? But then we learn about them. And while it may have been accruing, I think that as people kind of found out about it, right, I was looking at Tia's fucking tampons, the package, not, yeah. not the used ones. I was looking at the package. And it said, you can flush them. And I'm like, but isn't that something that you always hear not to do? Do Don't. not flush tampons. Like, isn't that? But they're like, oh, no, flush it. I'm just like, the fuck? Yeah. And then today in the shower, I was, I was fucking scrubbing up. You know, I was using Tia's stuff because it smells fucking wonderful. Yeah. And it's this stuff that Caress makes. And I, I forget exactly what it is, like warm milk and fucking leche. I don't know. That's the same thing. <laughs> But I mean, it's like burnt, burnt caramel and something else. And like the the way that we first found it, it was on sale and it had the little scrubbies in it, the little microplastics. Yeah. Right. To exfoliate your skin. And then Obama fucking was like, nope, that shit's banned. And then they still came out with the flavor, but it wasn't quite the same because it was like, it wasn't exfoliating. Yeah. And I was like, well, it smells great, but where's the scratchy? (laughs) And then, uh, so, you know, I see it down there today, right? Because Tia still used it. And I was like, fuck it. I guess I'll use, like, some manly shit. Old Spice or whatever. Yeah. And fucking, I look down. I see it today. And I'm like, oh, hey, that stuff. And so I pour it out of my hand. I start fucking scrubbing. I'm like, oh, I feel so good. So scratchy. And I was like, wait. Didn't they ban microplastics? I'm looking. I'm looking at these little tiny balls. I'm like, maybe it's not plastic. But I'm, like, looking. I'm like, no, that's very definitely plastic. And it reminded me of this article I read the other day. I was like, the climate is changing so fast that there's not a specific date that you can put on when shit's changing because it's changing every fucking day. Yeah. And we don't care. We as a society just don't give a shit. 
Like they they well, could scream it from every mountaintop. They could have it played every thirty seconds on TV. Nobody will care. We're not changing, and we are, but we're not. Well, I've always maintained. I've, I've been hearing about climate change since the nineties. Essentially, that's that's when I first started paying attention. I'm pretty sure it's been a thing before then. Oh. In fact, there are there are records of climate change being brought up as a part of like the very beginnings of the industrial revolution, 1800s and shit. Mm-hmm. They're saying all this coal we're burning, it could be bad for the environment. Like ah nah, the uh, the major thing is uh, change doesn't happen until our environment forces it. Like we we can see it coming, but until people actually start killing over, and plants and animals are gone and stuff like that, like we as a as a species just don't really change. And there are a lot of people in power who don't want it to change because they've got a good thing going. Although, did you see Pepsi and Coke? Mm-mm. They did a good guy thing. Did they? Pepsi and Coke both pulled out of the plastic lobby. Really? Yeah. They don't want to see it. They want to come back. Oh, no. They, they, they saw some impending damage to the brand. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> a lack of consumers? That will fucking do it. <laughs> It's like they don't tell these fucking people, like, hey, you know, if the population completely dies, you're not going to make any money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah, Daniel's fucking common. It's like they're not going to leave you their money and their will. Giant shits. <laughs> There's not a question here. Uh, let's see. So here's the deal. I'm 15. I'm not ripped, but in shape. I'm a thin, lean guy. Whenever I poop, though, the shits are gigantic. So big that the poop itself is what ends up clogging the toilet. What the hell? I poop about once every other day. I experience no stomach pains before or after I poop. I take a shit and it's fucking massive. A tree, a log, and it clogs the toilet. Is this natural? I have a balanced diet. I don't just eat fast food. Why are my shits so big? Um, could just be a fibrous poop. <laughs> it could be, yeah, you're getting a like a High whole, fiber. a whole massive amount of fiber. Or if you eat a lot of protein. Yeah. Protein or protein seeds and, and fiber together yeah. will cause you to have some pretty gigantic shit. I, I can say I, I've made some dietary changes, more like trying to get my stomach in control. Not really worried about my poop or anything, though. Hemorrhoid they make you like want to soften your poop too, so you're not straining so much. And I've missed poop questions. <laughs> it's just something that everybody has in common. Everybody poops. Everybody Man. poops. Everybody poops. So, I I will say that with the dietary changes that uh, there has been an increase on the occasional. I still go daily. I, I go at least once a day. And uh, depending on what I've been eating and how well I've been eating, they can turn out to be these massive, like, coil around the inside of the bowl kind of shits. The kind that, that end up poking, like, the, the end of it pokes up out of the water and just fills the bathroom with this rank noxious like oh that's why there's water in the toilet kind of shit (laughs) but i I was trying to think you know because back in the day obviously like if you were on a train or a boat there wasn't necessarily a toilet that flushed not really no there was a bedpan you would poop in a pan and just throw that shit over the side yeah right but i mean while you were pooping in that pan it was filling the room with poop smell. Yeah. So, any sex scene on the Titanic from the movie Titanic with Leonardo DiCaprio and fucking Kate Winslet. Was it Kate Winslet? Yeah. You got that right in one. There's no fucking sex going on on the Titanic. People <laughs> are just, it smells like poop. That poop smell lingers. I don't care if you throw it overboard. That's probably why there was so many like perfumes and talcums and potpourris and stuff. In the upper yeah, class. but I mean, if gardens. you spray mint on a poo, it just smells like minty poo. <laughs> I mean, we use air freshener and that stuff doesn't really linger too long. Plus, the the human olfactory sense is quite capable of getting used to some really noxious shit. So, I mean, the, the more you're exposed to it, the more you just kind of go, well, this is just the environment I'm in. And unless you really concentrate. Should have put this question on the next one, actually. Yeah. Well, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. That's that's, that's we're 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 straying into we're jumping a question. Yeah, if we continue down this path, so let's just do this one. All right. 
How much of taking a shit is comparable to having anal sex? It well, if you ask the last question, ask her here. <laughs> <laughs> Probably pretty similar. It's actually recommended as a part of of uh, preparing yourself not to actually have the act of anal sex, but to prepare to engage in anal sex to determine exactly uh, the girth of your poo. Yeah, the, the it's more the the ability of your colon or that in that part of your insides to accommodate insertion. And the best way to do that is to start pushing seeds, pumpkin seeds, sunflower seeds, stuff like that, eating them. Oh. Not not up your butt. <laughs> eating them. I was like, I'm, I read a lot of the same weird shit on the internet that you do, but I don't remember anybody shoving pumpkin seeds up their butt. It's part of the preparation thing that you, you start eating a whole lot of seeds because that makes you increase the amount of output of your poop. And so it, it, it when it reaches maximum capacity and you really have to poop then you can look at the log and be like that's the size of dick i can take see i'm too organic for that because <laughs> like I, you know i've we've told the story i like watching shemale porn and sometimes tia will watch it with me yeah i believe i even told this exact story at one point fucking you know tia is sitting there we're, we're just fooling around spicing up the sex life watching some shemale porn while she jerks me off and all of a sudden, this fucking one shows up, and she's got a massive dong. And I was like, that is a shame. She will never get anywhere near my ass with that thing. And Tia was laughing so hard. <laughs> I like when she laughs while she's giving me a hand job. <laughs> <laughs> laughing or crying, one of the two. No, well, crying is all right sometimes. I just feel so bad. <laughs> She'll just be like, I had such a rough day at work. And I'll be like, yeah, jerk me off while you tell me about it. <laughs> It's the only way we'll pay attention. So, I mean, if I were gay and were actively looking for a partner in such a activity, I would worry about what I could take. I would just worry about the size that he had. And I would be like, I'm specifically looking for somebody who's not hung. Like, I need a good four, four and a half incher. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe That's like not very a, hung at all. Maybe like a, a... That's actually below average. About the width of a... Oh... Sweet gherkin. <laughs> <laughs> Preferably not curved like a sweet gherkin. If you ever got a boyfriend, I would never not refer to him as Mr. Pickle. Oh, that would be my pet name for him. Are you shitting me? I'm like, hey there, sweet gherkin. Uh, Who's my little pickle? Uh... I have learned from personal experience that I do not like butt stuff. Uh, I, at one point, I was preparing myself, and that's why I did this research about getting ready for anal sex, what you needed to do to train yourself and be, be ready for it. And it's not that it's uncomfortable or painful or anything like that. It's just my whole body goes into fight or flight. Within, a, within an insertion, which is not really conducive to a romantic, intimate engagement. It depends on what your partner's into. <laughs> like some Shawshank redemption action. So I have a, a really bad sympathetic nervous response to even just a vibrating dildo up my ass. Like, But I did the whole preparation ahead of time. I did the seeds, and I was like, okay, I can take that size. And I found... Something of that size and played around with it and didn't really uh, didn't really enjoy it. And then I had to go to the, the man I was involved with at that time and be like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Ah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> was this before or after the balls on the chin conversation? Around yeah. the same time. <laughs> like, so <laughs> it went from I'm so in love with this guy to... I'm in love with you, but I don't want your dick in my ass to, I'm not gay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say that's the exact progression of events, but I mean, that's probably how history is going to record it. Believe me, from the time that you were like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Like he already was just like, oh, I'm losing this one. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, we were already kind of on the outs by then. Oh, I'm sure. So whatever. Sure. I mean, still a great guy. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> What's the worst thing you've ever smelled? We were on a road trip. It's the longest road trip I've ever taken so, thus far. 
And that trip was from here, Albuquerque, New Mexico, to Mobile, Alabama. 20-hour drive. Mm -hmm. We did it in one go. But by the end, we were wrecked for like two days. And then driving back, we made sure to stop along the way. And then we got caught in that blizzard that shut down Albuquerque like all those years ago. Yeah, we got sh- we got sh- stuck out in Tucumcari. And that's a whole other story. But on this road trip, specifically the guy who had planned the route uh, had asked our navigational system. I'm not sure if it was a website or phone or something. It's kind of hard to remember. But he'd asked the, the navigational system to avoid traffic and construction. And so we ended up doing a whole bunch of stuff, especially through Texas, where we'd be on the freeway and dive off the freeway and take some back road and get back on the freeway and then be on one of those stupid Texas freeways where it goes from like 75 down to 25 for a residential area and then zoom back up to 75 like a mile down the road. Dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. But at one point we were driving through Texas in the middle of the night like it is pitch black. We can't see shit. Where me and the other person riding in the car are trying to sleep while my roommate Joe is driving. I am in a dead sleep, just out. I'm I, I was wrecked to begin with, so I, I wanted to get some sleep. And we drive in the through this area on a back road in Texas that fills the cabin of the car with this smell that I will never forget. It was like rotted flesh and feces in a diaper fire wrapped around burning tires with uh, an extra helping of mucus and vomit. Like it was just this massive, massive, bad, wrong smell that just sent my whole body, just to, just made my whole body like sense something was wrong. And it woke me up out of a dead sleep just as my roommate is accusing our other passenger of shitting themselves. Because that is the only thing that he can think of that would make the smell this prominent in the cabin of the car. Which, is, I mean, the windows are closed. The only thing coming is the air coming in through the engine and circulating around. I'm like, well, did you just, like, hit a cesspit or something and get your engine covered in just filth and, and gore? And so we finally make it out of whatever area we happen to drive by. Don't know what it is. Don't know. They can't even remember where we were in Texas, to tell you the truth. So we took a completely different route on the way back and didn't have a similar experience. So that says something. Okay. Um, come to find out that that smell is somewhat infamous and doing a little research. The best guess is that we drove by a chicken farm. And one of the things that the, a chicken farm specifically or a slaughterhouse that prepares chickens. And one of the things that those slaughterhouses do is they usually have a pit out back like a bog or a water hole or something like that that they dump all of the leavings and leftovers from the animals that they process into. And it just becomes this, this mire of an abattoir, just like this whole pile of gore and filth and rotting disgust and everything. And it, it's seriously the absolute worst smell that I have ever smelled in my life. Hmm. And nothing yet has been able to top it. Well, we'll find out after this episode because <laughs> mine is not nearly that long ago. We uh, we we try to do our part and recycle what we can. You know, we drink a lot of beer, so we put our beer cans in a recycle. Like we separate that from the rest of our garbage. And the city of Albuquerque does have a recycling program going on right now. But we don't drink that much beer, so we don't fill up an entire recycling bin. So every now and then we let it sit for a little while. Like, we won't put it out every week for them to collect just a few, you know, cans. A week's worth of cans. Mm-hmm. You know, if we had a lot of, like, plastic or paper or stuff like that, then, yeah, we'll put it out. But sometimes, every now and then, we can go a few weeks without putting recycling out. So, the other day, I go out there and I'm emptying our recycle can that's in the kitchen into the recycling bin. And at this point, we hadn't put the recycling out. I think for like three weeks. And so I opened the fucking recycling lid. And this smell creeps out of there. I can't even describe it. I mean, it it, it made my throat and sinuses just slam shut. 
Really? Like, I couldn't fucking... You know, before, my story would have been about me and Tia went to Dion's one time, and she had, like, a sensitivity to onions, and we didn't know there were onions on the pizza. And we were driving around in her little Hyundai accent with the windows rolled up because it was wintertime. We are like, fall. It was, like, crisp. It wasn't cold, but it was not warm either. It was brisk. So we had the windows rolled up, and I'm sitting there talking to her, and then out of nowhere, I was like, <gasps> like, just couldn't <laughs> breathe because her fart just sucked all of the oxygen out of the car and all that was left was methane and shit. <laughs> she swears to God we were in my truck. I'm like, no, because if we were in my truck, we would have stopped at a gas station and fucking, I would have gotten the window cleaning stuff and started scrubbing the seats with it. Like there's no fucking way it was a truck. But now it's this fucking recycling bin that I have on the side of my house because it's been in the summer out in the heat for like three weeks and there's been this thin layer of what I can only imagine is like leftover beer down at the bottom of it that's puddled. And because it's closed, there's nowhere for it to evaporate to. And fucking, ugh. <laughs> Just thinking about it now makes me want to vomit. I mean, it was bad. Just a little, <laughs> oh, my lord. So we'll go out there and we'll smell it. Oh, cool. After the episode. Okay. So I can replace your story. I will give you a courtesy sniff on that one. Thank you. Yeah. What is the term for insect slash seafood furries? What is the term for insect slash seafood? Seafood? Seafood furries. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, I've seen some koi and other fish-related ones. Well, I mean, seafood. I remember. I, I haven't seen a shrimp. Well, maybe I have seen a shrimp, but I haven't seen a lobster or a crab. Wouldn't, wouldn't you? <sighs> seafood? Yeah. Who's going to fuck seafood? You'd be surprised, man. No, I mean I know there's vor. Well, it's not. It's not even. But would that be it. the term? Like it's not seafood furry. It would be aquatic, wouldn't it? The insect and aquatic furries. Well, the aquatic ones, uh, like they probably fishies. So this whole thing kind of comes about from a, a, a minor understanding of furry, the furry community, uh, of which I have a somewhat better understanding, but nowhere near a, a canonical nor encyclopedic understanding of furrydom so i know that of the furries there are certain subcultures and groups within that may have a way of referring to themselves but the only one i'm aware of and that most people are aware of is uh scalies and scalies means anything with scales snakes lizards what have you uh and that's more of them going like well we're we're anthropomorph anthropomorphic but we don't have fur so why would we call ourselves furry uh, I don't think that seafood furries would call themselves fishies, and I don't think that the the insect furries would call themselves buggies. But then again, I mean, I have seen I've, I've actually seen more insect based characters than I have seen seafood based ones. Because I think I I've would seen imagine so. I think I've seen I, I I'm almost certain I've seen a shrimp, and shrimp are kind of cute, <laughs> but. It, it, <laughs> If you look at the right features, it's more about being cute than it is about... Listen, I'm sure. I mean, I find cows cute and I eat them all the fucking time. You (laughs) role-playing as a cat, you see a shrimp, you fucking like shrimp. I get it. It's not even the eating part. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, my thinking a cow is cute doesn't have to do with the fact that I'm going to eat it. (laughs) I think cows are cute. Especially, have you seen the picture of the ones that are shampooed and conditioned? Oh, yeah. They puff up and shit. (laughs) So fucking cute. It's adorable, yeah. But, I mean, also, at the end of the day, if I'm hungry, I'm going to eat that fluffy cow. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not thinking about fucking it like you would, but still. Had to rib you there. I think insects would be called exos. Exos? Yeah. They'd probably get on on board with that. Uh, I've seen bees and moths and uh, mantis, I think. Spiders. Lots of different types of spiders. Various, various, just bug ones. The thing about it is, the insect kingdom contains more animals than every other king kingdom combined. Yeah, and it, we, it's to the point where we are still discovering insects, new insects that we just no, don't have any record of. Well, with the before mentioned uh, climate change, we'll probably never discover them all. <laughs> um, as far as seafood furries, I'm pretty sure seafood aquatic. Yeah, aquatic. This is <laughs> no, it's not seafood. You can't. It's not a seafood furry. 
Uh, seafood furry get the fuck out of here however i will say for anybody who is at least preliminarily interested or intrigued by the furry community the lion's share no pun intended of furries uh are your common house or common animals the cats dogs cats dogs mice some mice rabbits uh, squirrels yeah rabbits squirrels bats possums yeah i see a, a bat every now and then why would anybody want to be a possum? It would just be a fucking trailer park whore. Some people like playing that. Granted, I do like me yeah. a used up hooker. <laughs> so, yeah, when it comes to like the more exotic stuff, it, chances are it does exist in some way. And if you come at me with an animal, I'll probably be like, yeah, I could probably see that happening. Or I have seen that happen at least once. But more often than not, it's it's mostly cats, foxes, and dogs. Ha, this one guy says degenerates. Yeah. Upvote. Fucker. Ah. Where the fuck are you supposed to be looking at during a conversation with someone? It really depends on how you want that conversation to go. But yeah, eye contact is important. Too much eye contact, though, can can set people off. So so I, I, I as a general rule, I limit eye contact to seven seconds. And then depending on what kind of conversation is being had, that determines where I will look away to to break up that eye contact. So if I'm having a romantic conversation with my wife, then it's seven seconds of eye contact and then look at her lips, her tits, her ass, whatever happens to be around. <laughs> right? So, I mean, there's, there's that. If it's a business conversation and I'm looking at the bridge of your nose... Because it gives the impression I'm looking into both eyes at the same time. Mm -hmm. Seven seconds, then I'll look off to the right to break the monotony. And then if it's just a conversation amongst friends, it's three or four seconds of eye contact and then stare off in a little distance or fucking whatever I'm happening to do to ham it up with the bros. If it's a good conversation, I'm not really worried about the social convention because this, this kind of stuff is supposed to happen naturally. And so I just kind of go with the flow as it were but i'm also a very twitchy like mobile person in my own way so if i'm in a very active conversation with somebody then i'm making hand gestures i'm readjusting my posture and looking around like i'm basically looking at everywhere in the room at all times as it were if my goal in the conversation is to be persuasive as it were then I try and give a sense of familiarity. If my goal in the conversation very rarely is to unnerve someone, then the best way to do that is to try to look like at the from the front, like 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 you're looking them in the eyes. Try to look at the back of their head. Look right through them, like what's behind them or something. But look through them because it for some reason that really t tends to to make people nervous. It's like you're 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 paying attention, but you're not very focused. Hmm. So Interesting. There's a whole bunch of tricks and stuff when it comes to like conversations and body language and things that people try to learn, especially those pickup artists, which I think are like some of the lowest of the low. Sharks, I think, is what it's called, or something like that. But they're they're learning how to they're trying to learn how to hack body language, and really, it's just you're you're learning a different a different aspect of the same game as it were. And the game itself is sort of rigged. Can't make direct eye contact because it would be weird and awkward, but you can't just not look at them because it will look like you don't care what they have to say. You are the most beta fuck. <laughs> eye contact is natural. Too much eye contact. Then you get a little weird, but it's different from person to person what too much is. How do people graduate from high school and then put their heads down and work 10 to 12 hour days doing a job they don't like for the next 60 years. How do you not? <laughs> I guess I'm phrasing, I'm looking at the wrong place. But how do you not? <laughs> it's, you, ha you have to sacrifice a lot of the self-respect and dignity, common misconceptions <laughs> <laughs> that people have about what a, what a normal life is supposed to contain. Uh, the, the thing about it is like we, we keep on talking and I think calling it the American dream these days is kind of blase. Like that, that's, that's a few generations old at this point, but there was some sort of model being presented 
to me specifically in grade school and stuff, which is called the pillars of character. And I didn't pay attention to any of that shit or what it was. But it, when I heard pillars of character, it made me think of the p- pillars in Legacy of Cain that are supposed to be the the magical supports of reality, yada, yada. And then I'd start thinking about Legacy of Cain, which is way much cooler than character and dignity and yada, yada. So uh, I kind of got distracted. But somewhere along the lines, you get this sense. I think it starts really young when you're learning about basic concept, like, you know, the policeman catches criminals and the doctor cures people and, you know, the fireman puts out fires. You're learning about these very simple positions in life and these very simple things that, uh, you know, everybody has a job and this is what people do. And somewhere along the lines, that starts as a foundation of building up like this is how your life is supposed to go. This is what is supposed to happen. You're supposed to grow up and get get an education and find a job and work at that job and have a family and 2.5 cars and, you know, three kids in the garage and a baby in every stock pot. And it just kind of falls apart because then you have this immense amount of pressure on you to fit into a mold that may not necessarily be a part of what your life is naturally or where you are going. It could be, you know, because of the the whole heterosexual nature of fart- starting a family, farting a family. Like, you may not be heterosexual. You may not want to have kids, even if you are, even if you are in a relationship, you don't want to put your body through that or you don't want to put your partner through that. Uh, you know, having kids is a very intensive thing making a baby you you may well i mean i i work 10 to 12 hour days I'm, well no that's not true i work 10 hour days yeah i ain't doing that 12 hours yet i have the option to i'm not going to because i want to get all my shit done on time mm-hmm. i have a house i have two cars you know we don't have kids we have a bunch of pets but the only reason i do so is because i want to do whatever the fuck i want to do I'm not out here trying to have my name put on a plaque on the side of a building. I'm not trying to have a street at named after me. I don't want my name in history books. I don't care. I just want to, you know, be able to fucking have moments to myself, have freedom. And money is that freedom. Therefore, got to work in order to make the cheddar. Yeah. Or find something. I mean, shit. I'm sure I could go fucking to some open mics and try to be, you know, famous stand-up comic. It'll never work, but I mean, I could still go out and make people laugh. If that's something I choose to do, then that's something I'll choose to do. See, that, the, this is what affords me to, to be able to do that. If, if I were to, to... The thing about it is, like, hmm, this is not bullshit. I'm going to turn off the bullshit meter, okay? Oh, okay. All right. Is it not bullshit or is it bullshit that you've convinced yourself bullshit? <laughs> I'll leave that up to you. No, leave that up to your shrink. <laughs> yeah, I'll leave that up to my shrink. So growing up, you are presented with many, many narratives and asked to subscribe to one or the other or this, that and, and everything. And some are really easy to get into because it just makes sense. And they could be very simple narratives like, you know, you cross the street using the crosswalk. It's one that not a lot of people really ascribe to around here. But, you know, it's something that you're taught when when you're really, really young. Um, When you're sick, you go to the hospital. That's a narrative that you you subscribe to. And the whole, you know, house, family, job, career, 60 years, retirement is a narrative. It's a very common one because it's a very easy plan for every other entity around you that is engaged in that practice to support and and subscribe yourself to and encourage you in doing so you know you have banks that have several different ways of of moving money around to make it so that you're saving for retirement but they still have access to that money while you don't and they're trying to make that money grow so that yada you know it just gets all nuts and everything but in somewhere in some way you're doing all of this work so that somebody else profits off of it and it's not necessarily even the whole life plan thing. It's it's more that whole boss makes a dollar, I make a dime. That's why I shit on company time kind of ideal. And we say that stuff real glibly, but that's actually the fucking truth. Yeah. And somewhere along the lines when I saw that that's what was shaping up to be, I was averse, we'll say. I became extremely 
morally and philosophically averse to the idea of putting that kind of effort into somebody else's success when I couldn't even muster that kind of effort for my own success. So it started as a very dark sort of depressive note, probably near the end of high school where it's like, I'm, I mean, every plan that's laid out before me is for me to carry the ball for somebody else to take the credit for somebody else to make all the money for somebody else to have the stability and contentment. And none of it really applies to me as far as my contentment, my freedom and my well-being. And I had every single side of me, every single person, every single role model, every single peer was was pushing me to be like, what are you going to do? How are you going to help somebody else who has plenty of help, who doesn't need you, who won't thank you, who won't give any back to you? And so I said no. That's a load of horseshit. <laughs> You're right. It's not bullshit. It's a load of horseshit. Yeah. That is the most horseshit I've ever fucking heard. Yes, you're right. What you do, what I do contributes to somebody else's profit. But if I'm not doing it, then there's going to be somebody else there to do it. And if I'm not doing it, then I don't have the ability to support myself as I do something to help me profit. Right. And this is where capitalism falls in. Right. Is it's you're supposed to get these jobs in order to pay student loans, pay, you know, pay your way through college, save up to start your own venture, that type of thing. However, we've become so lazy as a society because we've coupled it with socialism. And a lot of people out there are getting money for having kids or getting money for being disabled, quote unquote, or what have you. And so they're content by working in these positions that assist other people in getting profit. That doesn't necessarily mean that those people need you or care about you. And so, yeah, you're not going to get thanked. The way that they're thanking you is by giving you a fucking salary or an hourly. What you choose to do with that hourly and what you choose to feel about the time and effort that you're putting into that job determines what else you do in life. So if you feel like all you're doing is working a thankless job and you're not getting anything out of it, then what are you putting into it? What are you putting into your own life? You know, my, my job affords me the ability to have a car. It affords me the ability to have this room, these mics. Granted, I didn't pay for them. <laughs> the mixer. Granted, I didn't pay for them. But there's a place to store these things. It's a place for us to come together every week uh-huh. and essentially work on fucking material. Like I said earlier, we could go to an open mic and fucking we have hours and hours of stand-up material. We just have to go through, find the funny bits, write it down. <laughs> And work it out. That's possible. That's how Eddie Murphy refers to stand-up. Like, he's he's got his big shows. Like, that's what he's working for. But when he goes and he hits the smaller clubs before doing the big show, he refers to that as working out. Just like somebody going to a gym and pumping iron to get big. Right? They're doing it for the competition. But in between, they're doing the same shit they would be doing in that competition. They're just doing so as working out. So, I mean, we could go put our efforts into something to be bigger but i'm fucking lazy and i go through (laughs) depressive episodes same with you yeah right it's just we have two different sides of that coin where i recognize that i'm putting in a bunch of fucking effort and hours to a company that a doesn't need me b won't thank me for it and c is taking up a lot of my fucking time but what i get back in thanks is i get the opportunity to move up to make more money and i get money i get paid compensated fairly well for my time Mm -hmm. case in point i got in some cases two tvs in every fucking room i have a fucking echo in my fucking garage for fuck's sake (laughs) like that's that's what you're working for it's what you're putting into yourself it's not what you're putting into somebody else's pocket moving on moving on Why do schizophrenic people only have negative experiences? Why can't the voices and hallucinations be something positive? Well, I'm not very up. Because positive schizophrenics have, they call it a conscience. 
(laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's the answer. I I think I'm not entirely up on schizophrenia as a disorder, but from what I understand of schizophrenia, it's not that every single schizophrenic has negative experiences. It's just the overwhelming majority of them. The like 95 to 99% of them have negative experiences with their disorder because they are seeing and hearing things that are not there and you could call it and it's freaking them out it's freaking them out which makes the hallucinations freak out freak out and it's this weird feedback loop because schizophrenia is probably coupled with or causes anxiety disorders because they are seeing and hearing things that aren't there and you know, they, it could be coupled with negative experiences in the person's life growing up. It could be uh, in a matter of learning how to cope with it. They they have to learn how to manage their own anxieties and deal with the hallucinations, both auditory and visual, in a way that they can either ignore them or incorporate them into their worldview in a way that it is not antagonistic. But... I mean, schizophrenia is essentially not something you can look at and be like, oh, this is positive. This helps me. However, I did see a TED talk of somebody who was schizophrenic who was like, like many other people with mental disorders, depressives included, like we all get this sort of negative portrayal in world media and stuff like that. And there's not really a lot of places we can go. Or, or anywhere that's offering any kind of outreach for to understand and provide us with the uh, tools and mechanisms that we need to to learn how to live with these disorders. It's very hard to come by support for this stuff. And it's because the world kind of views it as a temporary thing or that we're making it out to be worse than it is, which is unfortunate because I've been depressed my entire life. It's always there. I could be eating ice cream, getting a blowjob on a roller coaster, and I'm still fucking depressed. It it just is. It will always be there. And I have to explain that to people if they get beyond the layers of the onion that is me. That's incredibly dangerous. Yeah. Would you... I wouldn't accept a blowjob on a roller coaster. <laughs> I would be more concerned for the passenger. I mean, wait, fuck all that. I wouldn't accept a blowjob while I'm eating ice cream at home. <laughs> Not because of the danger, but because fuck yeah, ice cream. <laughs> and the blowjob can come later. You don't want to. I can too. <laughs> I'm saying, like, it could be an overwhelmingly positive experience. And it's still, I'm, I'm always depressed. I'm depressed right now. I'm just, this is how I live. This is how I've lived since I was a very, very young kid. You acclimated to it. I acclimated to it. This is where I'm comfortable. This is how I am. And. It, so it does kind of color my responses and my engagement with the world and the people around me. And if people start, if I notice somebody is getting frustrated with that, if they're trying to get to know me or trying to move in closer as, as a friend or a confidant or something like that, I usually have to give them the spiel, which I just gave right now, which is I'm always depressed. Right. Always. All the time. Masturbating, eating good food. It's just instead of the Hulk, you turn into Eeyore. Yeah, that's my secret. That's I'm my. Always se- I'm always depressed. Yeah, that'll work. Thanks for noticing me. The other day at work, dude, like because they always everybody, you know, it's a common workplace practice. You know, we're going to get lunch here. If anybody wants to get split an order, and fucking most of the time they'll ask everybody around me and they'll skip me because I'm always just like no, because I usually bring lunch, mm-hmm. so I'm just like no thanks, and fucking like. The last few times they skipped me, and then one time they were like, he always says no. And I was like, say no to what? And they're like, do you want food from fucking Frederico's? And I was like, no, thanks. And they're like, see, I told you. That's why we don't ask him. And I was like, it's always nice to be invited. <laughs> and fucking this bitch, I, didn't, I don't even know, fucking from across the way, is like, oh, my God, you sound like Eeyore. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's your opinion on it. My opinion on it is if if it were positive, you wouldn't hear about it because it's fucking positive. Yeah. That's a joke. We'll get rid of that. Anyways, let's wrap it up. Where and how do people find out about drug dealers? Drug dealer finds you. Mm, yeah, pretty much. Friends? <laughs> if there are actually aliens in Area 51, don't we deserve to know about it? No. No. Is it just me or is Daniel a very common name? Do people consider Daniel to be a basic name? 
It's a common name. You're fucking basic. Yeah, basic bitch ass. (laughs) Giant shits. Yeah. Yeah. How much of taking a shit is comparable to having anal sex? Quite comparable. It's actually one of the things you use to prepare yourself for anal sex. And for extra comparability, put it back in. (laughs) What's the worst thing you ever smelled? My recycling. A a, uh, chicken slaughterhouse on the highway. What is the term for insects slash seafood furries? Furries. Where the fuck are you supposed to be looking at during a conversation with someone? Their eyes. Bridge of the nose. How do people graduate from high school and then put their heads down, work 10 to 12 hours, blah, 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 blah? You don't have to. You do, and you should, and shut the fuck up and get back to work. (laughs) Why do schizophrenic people only have negative experiences? Why can't voices and hallucinations be something positive? It's an anxiety disorder. Watch What About Bob. That was positive. A beautiful mind, I'd probably say. Well, yeah, but What About Bob is funny. Different strokes for different folks. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyways, good show. Yep. We'll see you guys next week. Adios. Later. What was the question? What was what was the question? What was the question? What was the question? What was the question? What was the question?